Hey guys, Iza here. Uh, before we jump into the podcast, I wanted to quickly add this to the beginning to add some context to what the current situation regarding COVID-19 is. Dee and I recorded this episode over a month ago. And the point of the episode is to reflect on the last year of making podcasts and also just what life has looked like for the past year. And obviously a big part of that is the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, when we recorded the podcast, things were kind of looking up, at least where we were living. Our numbers were down, uh, people were getting vaccinated, things were opening up. Uh, Dee and I actually got together for the first time to record the podcast together, like in one room. Uh, for the past year, we've been doing it remotely in our own homes, just because we did not feel it was safe to get together. But yeah, that day we got together, we had lunch, we came over to my place and we recorded it together and it was so lovely and we were so happy and we were so hopeful. And even in the podcast, when we refer to the current the situation then, we're very kind of hesitant because we were kind of aware as to how the fourth wave was going for the rest of the world. Um, and that's currently where we're at right now. Um, we're in the middle of the fourth wave and unfortunately things seem to be getting a little bit rough again. Um, vaccination rates seem to have slowed down. Mistrust and conspiracy theories seem to be at an all-time high. I'm not trying to be a bummer. I'm just trying to kind of acknowledge that things have changed since we initially recorded the podcast so that we don't sound tone deaf or naive. I also just wanted to take a minute to kind of get on my soapbox and ask any of you that might be listening and are currently still unvaccinated to please get vaccinated. There is so much evidence out there that says that this vaccine is our best defense against the virus as of now, and also that it's our best chance of returning back to normal, whatever that normal might look like. As a healthcare worker that's currently feeling the ripple effects of our ICUs filling up with the unvaccinated, whether that's people having to wait for surgeries that they've been waiting for for a really long time, or people not being able to access beds that they desperately need, or just like units that had just shut down because things were finally looking up, reopening. It's really disheartening to know that there's a solution and people aren't accessing it because of all the misinformation that is out there. So I just wanted to take a second and offer that if anyone has any specific concerns that they would like to discuss, I'm happy to do that. Well, maybe happy is a strong word, but I will do that because I, I just, even if I can get one more person to go get vaccinated, that would be great. Um, so you can reach out to us at the Dear Brown Girls page on Instagram or email us at dbgpodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. We hope you enjoy this podcast. We really enjoyed getting together and making it, and we're hopeful that we'll be able to do it again. Hello and welcome to Dear Brown Girls. I'm Iza. And I'm Dia. And today is a special episode of Dear Brown Girls because it is our one year anniversary. And we are live and in person for the first time ever. Which is crazy because we've done, I, we should have, how many podcasts have we done together right now? 15 episodes? We've done 15 episodes together and like we weren't, we haven't seen each other at all. Like not even outside for a coffee or anything for pandemic yeah. reasons. But it's over now, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) It's over now with a big asterisk. Yeah. But yeah, so we're meeting each other. It's been around a year since we first kind of like talked to each other about the idea and got started. And we're actually having chai together, which is for the first time. Yeah. 
Which is pretty impressive. And it's really dry this time. It's not copy and water like it's last time. It's actual dry, you guys. Lied about it. <laughs> yeah. Was I running short on milk? Yes. Did I make it work? Also, yes. We exactly. got it. We got a cup of dry. Yeah, and we're recording in my apartment. Our My cats are running around, which is really kind of what we, like, had kind of visualized when we first started the podcast. But then, you know, the pandemic lasted longer yeah. Than we thought. And I'm a fan of this couch. I feel like yeah. we do love this couch more times. Yeah, you feel is it you feeling comfy? <laughs> yeah, because usually we're like sitting on a table with like my like hard chair in the back and um it's just like like now it's like we have the atmosphere as yeah. well as like the mood and the conversation. Yes, the vibe. It's all together. We we so we decided that for one year we should do like an episode on like look back on COVID, but we're also afraid of calling it that because we I don't know maybe COVID's coming back with a Delta variant. Like we don't really know if it's over, so it feels like a little premature to be saying that. But we do want to reflect on the last year, like yeah. COVID things and also podcast things. Like a lot of things have changed. Like the mm-hmm. pandemic obviously isn't over, and I'm sure that like the consequence is going to be with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of things have changed in the podcast and like like between us and mm-hmm. a lot of things have happened also in the brown community so i think it'd be nice to just kind of reflect on what's mm-hmm. been going on the past year and mm-hmm. do like a chill episode to celebrate the fact that we're together and in person for the first time ever so it's awesome haven't try like we didn't look like plan the end of the season of the podcast right but no. we did decide that we wanted to end it on that last episode the mental health episode that we released mm-hmm. and it does like it essentially marks an entire year since we first yeah. started and we didn't release a pod- podcast a year ago, but that's when, like, we first got the idea. Mm-hmm. And I would say since then, our, like, our work lives, our personal lives have changed a lot. Like, did you think that when we started, we'd still be doing it? No, and I'm, I'm pr- proud of us for trucking along. Like, things haven't always gone the way we wanted to. Um, obviously, there's things that we're still working on improving. There's still parts of it that we hate. Um, and probably <laughs> the editing. The editing or, and also the marketing bit of it, which is something that Deanna and I are still struggling with because we like to like record these, edit them, spit them out, and then just never think about them. But apparently that's not how social media works. <laughs> apparently we need to interact with our audience. We're hoping to do that more um, come this season. But numbers aside and social media aside i feel good about a lot of the content we've put out i think there was a period where i was struggling with the content because at that point we were still trying to do two podcasts per month Mm -hmm. and i think we we were both a little bit stressed out and i felt like some of the stuff we were putting out was almost for the sake of just putting it out but since then we've just we decreased that to once a month like one podcast a month and it's been better all overall like i feel like we're putting out better stuff we're having more time to like work on collaborations and you know just with the world opening up like when there was when we're completely shut down there was absolutely nothing to do mm-hmm. it was more time it was more feasible to spend more time on making the podcast but as the world started opening up we obviously wanted to start living our lives with it as well so it was it's still a bit of a balance sometimes finding time for this but i'm glad we've kept going with it because it still does bring me a lot of joy like, I think it's given me a lot of space to really, like, dig deep into, like, the conversations. Kind of the conversations that we always wanted to have, but either, like, I never had time for or just never, you know, like, took the time to, like, think about why. Why we believe the things we do or we think the things we do or what is behind, you know, the way we were raised and stuff. So, like, over the time, like, the couple episodes that we made, especially, like, initially when we did the episode on the diaspora or, like, the hijab episode, a lot of those gave way to, like, a lot more reflection down the road, too. And I think, like, mm-hmm. I've thought about... 
and like changed my perceptions of different things over time when we've given time to those kinds of topics in the podcast as well and i think um we kind of had a bit of a slow start in the um in sense of doing collaborations because again we were kind of figuring it out and like we said <laughs> i'll say it again we really struggle with like putting ourselves out there like honest to god like throughout the last year i would be like so excited about putting these podcasts out and i am and then someone like in real life would be like hey like i listen to your podcast and i would immediately get so angry <laughs> and like <laughs> shut down and be like I don't want to talk about it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just would get so embarrassed and self-conscious and I didn't want to talk about it in public settings. And I don't know why because I am proud of the stuff we're putting out, but I just get, like, so flustered and so self-conscious and so awkward that I would just get so defensive about it. It's like, how dare you listen to something I put out publicly for the world to listen to? Yeah, and then approach me to and talk about yeah. it. But, so I'm trying to get better at that. But we also, at the very beginning of this, said that we kind of were hoping to create a community of women that come from different paths of life to support each other and i think we're kind of starting to do that like our collaboration with nancy was frankly i think dia and i just needed to hear what she had to say (laughs) um and she's such a great role model for brown girls and she's so well well spoken and so smart so it was so lovely like meeting her and realizing like this is like a new internet friend like we have in our life and someone that we can reach out to and use as a resource um we're hoping to have another collaboration out for in the next episode or the next we haven't quite decided um with another incredible south asian woman that we are working with currently so we definitely had a slow start and you know what i'm really okay with it because i don't ever want this to feel like chore i want it to be something that we feel good about but we are going to try to make more of an active effort to do those key things that we're not doing right now to try and a grow our audience and b grow the community in terms of like the people that we're working with yeah i think our biggest focus is definitely just going to be like building the community aspect and i think as long as you know things keep opening up in a better and sustained way <laughs> then <laughs> keyword sustained we can like I, I hope we can look forward to doing like more in-person interviews mm-hmm. like that would be really amazing and and like reaching out to listeners you know maybe even meeting some of them <laughs> despite how scary that might be and like actually like just putting a lot of effort into building that community and raising our voices and having those conversations with as many people as we can because that's the other thing about trying to collaborate with someone remotely like in a pandemic Obviously, that's something that you're going to have to do with people that are further away, but it would be nice to have the option to do it in person because honestly, like trying to figure that out, like thank God Dia is a whiz at like (laughs) internet. The what? The mics drive me crazy. Yeah, but, but she's still way better at all this stuff than I am, but it's such a nightmare like trying to get people that we're collaborating with like on the program that we're using and then something always goes wrong and so you've allotted like two hours of your time but like then like 20 minutes later you're still trying to figure out why the mic that was working yesterday isn't working today (laughs) yeah or the internet's lagging and suddenly you've got like a bunch of chopped audio and just not fun that's why like we're recording this together locally it's not going over the internet it's it's like like i already just feel so much more relaxed Mm because i know that when i listen to it back it's gonna sound like how it should there's like no bluetooth issues or internet lag issues like oh my god so let's talk about covid then the world seemed to change so quickly and i feel like we didn't see it coming and now it almost feels surreal to feel like okay is it really over or are we calling this prematurely but like i was definitely (laughs) so i work as a nurse and i remember like someone be like so like what's your opinion like on this like covid thing that's like not it was being called covid then it was the coronavirus Mm -hmm. um it's like in the news and 
And I very much was like, ah, it's like the flu. Wash your hands. Everyone relax. Like, it's just the media blowing it up. And then suddenly it was more than that. And the world slowly started shutting down. And I think whether COVID is truly over or whether it's just something that's going to be a part of our lives from now on, I think it's changed the world in a lot of ways. And some of those changes are going to stay and some of them are good and some of them are bad. And I think it's changed people. Like, you know, like you've been hearing those jokes about like the couples that either made or you make it or break it in COVID, right? Or, yeah. or the COVID babies. Or like we know that mental health issues have just been rampant during this time too because it's just been a hard time. Yeah. I'm definitely not planning on like shaking people's hands as much as I used to for sure. I know I'm with you. Yeah, fist bumps for life. Yeah, fist bumps. The elbow thing. <laughs> elbow thing. That was always awkward. I, I'm a fan of waving. Hand over heart. That, that always looks really regal. <laughs> zoom wave the zoom wave i feel like because like what's what's fun is that like you and i have had just like really like complimentary covid experiences where they've been so different Mm -hmm. like it's it's been like really front and center for you working in like Mm -hmm. health services and you and you've like your work hasn't changed as much as like i mean i guess it's changed dramatically because of covid but like you still go into work every day like your like shifts haven't changed and i've just been for the past year and a half, like, just stuck at home. So it's been, like, very different experiences mm-hmm. where you've just been, like, in the realm of COVID mm-hmm. actively for, like, a whole year and mm-hmm. a half. And I've just been, like, in stuck in my house mm-hmm. for, like, a year and a half. So it's been, like, these, like, dramatically different experiences that, like, I'm sure, like, have influenced our mental health, like, differently completely, right? Like, for you, there's, like, the stress is constantly present, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just, like, constantly surrounded by myself and my thoughts and, like, those kinds of things and the lack of interaction. Mm-hmm. Like, even the one that you take for granted at work, like, when they're all gone. Totally. Like, you feel it so much? It was kind of a curse and a blessing, the position that I was in through COVID yeah. because... Yeah, like, I don't think I experienced the pandemic the same way a good majority of the population did because, exactly, like, my schedule didn't change. If anything, sometimes I was working more. I still got to see my coworkers every day. I I still dealt with my patients every day. Some of those interactions were different, obviously, and the the changes with COVID and the risk of COVID and the emails and the isolations and the swabbing, like, that made life more stressful, but I was very grateful to be in a spot where I could still interact with people. And also just like, I had a job. I had an income. Exactly. Um, we were both definitely lucky in that respect to have totally. had a, like a stable job throughout it. Which is why like I felt like I couldn't complain. But then on the same, in the, on the same token, it's like, yeah, that constant fear yeah. chipped. Because it's not like, if I, like, I would wake up with like an itchy throat and it, it, it wasn't one of those scenarios where it'd be like all right well i'll see how i feel by noon it was like well do i go to the hospital and possibly infect everyone right now or do i just call in sick because it and you know it would be the slightest like it wouldn't even be a sore throat but it was like constant like i remember being at work once mm-hmm. and i was feeling fine i had just helped with the delivery i was assessing the baby and i'm holding the baby and the mom asked me a question and i opened my mouth to answer it and i just felt like my throat seized up and got really itchy and tight and painful <laughs> And I was just horrified. It, it was nothing because it was gone within hours. But in that moment, I literally answered a question, put the baby down, left the room and was like, I need to go home for the next, I think, 48 hours until I knew what my result was. I was. It's like anxiety. Especially yes. because you're like, I don't want to put people at risk, but I might. And I don't even realize that I'm going to do it. Right. But then I'm burning through my sick hours because it's like, yeah. oh, I had a sore throat for an hour. So I called in sick and now I'm <laughs> fine. But now I'm on isolation. Yeah, it was just. Uh, or until I know what my result is. 
so yeah, both a blessing and a curse. And then also just like where we're living, healthcare in general is under attack. So just the politics that came with it and the conversations. It just like, I felt like I just couldn't get away from COVID. It was like right, constantly yeah. like, and then I remember it got to a point where one time in our break room, I don't know, someone was like, can we just like not talk about COVID for 20 minutes? Like, I just, I can't. I like had to start making the active choice to be like, or if I hung out with a friend or like, you know, you were, you had two contacts. If I was hanging out with one of my two contacts, I'd be like, it's a COVID free night. We're not talking about COVID. We're not turning on the news. I just, I can't think about it for another second. Yeah. I feel like like there was, it was just like all anybody could ever talk about. And eventually like you had to like four or five months in like make a conscious decision to not do it. Especially because like it's always present for you at work. Like you're never like not talking about it. It's like coming up. So like, it's just hard to turn that off. Like, I don't know I think about like how, like, like, grocery shopping has changed, because I remember when the pandemic first started, we would just, like, wash everything, and then, so, like, we've just been washing stuff for a while, and, and like, that was just last year, like, May, you'd come home, like, you'd, like, sanitize your hands, and like, take all your clothes off, because people were, like, in, like, crazy about it in the beginning, and now we just, like, 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 we don't even have masks anymore, but when, when masks were regulated, but it was, like, like, you take off your mask, you're just, like, oh, wash your hands, like, put everything down, you're just, like, like we don't, don't give a crap anymore. <laughs> Like it's loosened. So it's loosened. Like we used to be so uptight about it because we're like the, when. <laughs> looking back, is almost embarrassing because it's like what? with the, before the mask mandate, when the the debate of like are we gonna start masking, a lot of people were like the general public doesn't know how to mask. They're gonna mask wrong and spread more bacteria. And it's like just teach them how to use a mask, bro. But then also just like. We all use masks grossly now. Like, we, we reuse them way more than we should. We're, you know, we're moving them around. But yeah, it's it's funny to reflect on the different phases of the pandemic. Yeah, like, the initial phase was, like, the dog on a coffee phase. The what? <laughs> Where everybody made that instant coffee whip thing. Oh, yes! Do you remember that? that I'm was, like, still right making it. Oh, it's still, it's delicious. I love that it's shit. Good. It's really strong, though. Like, a, I think, like, a tablespoon of instant coffee is a lot of coffee. Yeah. If you were like, oh, let's do, like, fun creative things, everybody was, like, getting a hobby. And then it was, like, depressing oh this is not going away after two months or one month i think that's when the official shutdown happened at least where we live i remember i was talking to my friends and they were like yeah this will be like for like a week or two weeks and i was like being like the pessimist that i am i was like it'll be like two months yeah and i was like we clearly all underestimated it and then about two months in that's when we were like you reached out to me on the podcast yeah and And again i i reached out to you because i was again on isolation for a goddamn itchy throat that went away so it turns out i just have chronic itchy because we're not sure what causes them like my chronic sore throats like it kind of coincides with the time that i got my like long like medium-haired cat he's he sheds quite a bit Mm -hmm. so my doctor thinks it it might just be that but it just it was a really poor time to develop chronic sore throats um so i think this was like isolation number four or something and i just was and because I got swabbed so many different times, I it also depended on what part of the pandemic I was getting swabbed in because that time I got swabbed, it was like the peak of the pandemic. So people were being swabbed so much, which is why my results took so long to come back. Right. So for like four days, I just was sitting there like bored out of my mind, irritated, like didn't even have groceries. Obviously I had people that were like were willing to like drop things off or whatever, but like it, it bothered me to like try and bother them. I also just like, because I couldn't, do my regular stuff like working and going out working and seeing friends i realized i didn't have a hobby <laughs> like didn't know how to be alone it was really depressing <laughs> i was like what do i like to do i like talking okay <laughs> i like bitching about these topics i could talk about them for hours and d and i have always kind of like casually had these conversations on the side so yeah whatever we choose to do with this podcast in the future i'm glad we did it i think it's been it's been fun I think, yeah, and I think we're entering, like, a new phase of it with, like, the situations have been changing, and I think, like, it's gonna, 
it's it's gonna morph as we morph. I think we both like like talking enough that it'll be fine. But yeah, oh yeah, well, <laughs> it, yeah, we'll it's... never run out of things to complain about. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Partially because we're that people, but also because the brown community just keeps serving up more problems to talk about. <laughs> you know, like there's no shortage of issues to discuss. Yeah, um, true words have not been said. It's unfortunate. Yeah. So, like, what is your favorite episode that we've done? One of, some of my favorite favorite podcasts have been the ones we did early on because, and I think it makes sense because we were like those are the topics we were really excited to do, and yeah, it's almost unfortunate because sure. we were still trying to figure it out. And I feel like we could maybe do those topics more justice now, but we did them so early on because we were excited. Like the sex episode, I just was excited to do because it's just a conversation. And honestly, like I would be happy to do another sex episode with like a different angle mm-hmm. because again it's just about removing that taboo and like starting to have those conversations um the no good hijabi goes unjudged i've listened there's very few podcasts i've listened back to that's one of the ones i have and i realize like it's peace of my soul that podcast <laughs> i like bear like you know what i mean like i share some like pretty personal stuff on yeah. it I like a lot of the beginning episodes as well, just because they're, like, just authentic and, like, not... Because we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. We're not, like, trying that hard to be anything or do Mm -hmm. anything or, like, to have a certain message. And so they're just, like, really just, like, brutally honest. And at that point, it still hadn't really kicked in that there were people actually listening. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, like, sharing these really personal stories without my brain truly understanding that now there's people that are going to, like, listen to this. (laughs) Um, But people have reached out to us, especially on the hijab episode. Yeah. Because they've been, like... Oh, like, this is, like, I, I felt that, too, with a hijab mm-hmm. or without a hijab or whatever. Like, I've mm-hmm. had that experience. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been, like, really kind of rewarding to at least, like, even give that kind of representation to, like, that hijabi experience. Because we all know how mm-hmm. terrible it is in the media, right? <laughs> um, and then I'm also just super proud of the Palestine episode we did, too. I think it was something that we both felt strongly about. And I think we presented it well. And yeah. That episode was, like, we kind of squashed it in but yeah. i remember we were both so angry and Izzo was like we have to do this and we were like i was like yeah let's do it but like like Izzo basically made the script for that it was it's beautiful like the order like i loved it i was like reading it and i was like yes this is amazing it's just because i was pa- i wanted to know more right because so i could yeah. have a well-informed conversation with people if they wanted to have one in regards to it right and i was just like i think we were both just so frustrated by how many people just like knew nothing but then also chose to not mm-hmm. learn more because they were like ah, yeah. it's too complicated and nothing dismissing it i feel like like i listened back to the episode and we both just sound like really like we just sound really impassioned and like a little bit angry mm-hmm. it's, it's it's because we were and like mm-hmm. that situation we still are <laughs> sadly yeah we're still angry that situation unfortunately has not been resolved and oh, i don't know if it ever will be sometimes like it hasn't been resolved in like the past say 70 years like it's not going to start being resolved now but i I don't know i was like there was a lot of changes especially with like the ceasefire that happened but then Mm -hmm. it ended up like not really being that meaningful with in terms of attacking civilians with like with like the army and stuff so i don't know i'm kind of like i'm kind of disillusioned oh 100 percent and i've had people ask me like I mean, there's always, like, there's so much going on in the world to talk, to talk, right? Like, why did I, did we feel so strongly that we had to talk about this and make such a, that some people would consider, like, an inflammatory podcast about it? And my response to that was that, like, there's a lot of social issues in the world, but I feel like we're getting to a place where, like, for a lot of issues where there's, like, a very clear, like, this is the right side and this is the wrong side and people 
even if the wrong side is winning, people are like are able to see it for what it is. Like even like BLM, it took a while for people to understand where the black community was coming from or why they had certain feelings against the police force and what they right. meant by defund the police, right? But I feel like with social media and the BLM movement, we, we were getting to a place where people were kind of under having these conversations and understanding what they what where people were coming from yeah. and what the true stories were on both sides. My issue with Palestine was that it just felt like the narrative, because it's been spun by one side for so long, that the sides weren't even clear, the positions yeah. weren't even clear, and this the narrative that was circulating was a false one. And and that's the bare minimum you need to, to start a change, is to, for people to really understand who the oppressors are and who the oppressed is. And if people are skewed about that or don't even want to understand it because it's uncomfortable, then change is never going to happen. So while it's disappointing to see everything that's happening in Palestine still, what I take comfort in is that little moment in time where Palestine was trending everywhere and everyone was posting about it and it was on everyone's timelines. I, I hope and I think it did. I think it did start shifting the narrative a little bit. People started realizing how much power Israel holds in the world. People started realizing how people live in Gaza, like learned at least that it was like, what did you call it? Like an open air prison? prison yeah. yeah. Like those are terms that people didn't understand. Right. And so again, it's, you know, like it's still like an issue that you need to be researched and understood, but at least the narrative of just like, woe is me. We're being oppressed and just like, we're just fighting terrorists started being questioned a little bit um, to the point that people were able to ask this authority that really hadn't been questioned in a long time yeah. why and, and can you justify this and has anything marked really happened or changed no but i'm hoping that this is the beginning at least more people are aware there's just been so much good like groundwork done by just like palestinian like men women mm-hmm. who have like, been so active on social media and it would have been like a disservice to not like amplify that message mm-hmm. and given the voice that like palestinians have not had for you know a long time the whole time that they've been oppressed like if people are still confused about who the oppressor and the oppressed are in that situation then mm-hmm. at that point like at, like at this point after all that's happened this year like like we have no excuse mm-hmm. like and especially i think one of the reasons that like i was i thought it was really important that we do it is because in the situation like spreading the word is actually immensely valuable because mm-hmm. of all that misinformation mm-hmm. and one of the things that, like, the Palestinian activists wanted was they wanted, like, a social media activism to amplify their actual authentic stories. And in that sense, like, you know, what platform we do have, we felt like we had a responsibility to use it in some way. Like, there's lots of situations where, yeah, like, there's a bajillion things that are wrong in the mm-hmm. world and you can't talk about all of them. But if this is a situation where talking is one of the most impactful things you can do, then didn't we have to leverage the platform that we have? Like the Palestine episode, the Indian Farmer episode, like we're kind of doing our best mm-hmm. to like amplify stories that we find that are like not getting that kind of mm-hmm. like vocal response or like that kind of representation in the media that we consume mm-hmm. so that we can have more of that and especially have like minority voices telling those stories, right? And mm-hmm. That's like kind of what our platform is about. <laughs> what about like the least favorite? Like I, 
the india pakistan <laughs> one uh, yeah I, I, one of the ladies were collaborating with her is from the uk she said <laughs> oh the first God. podcast she listened to was that one and we're so horrified because no the one british go back and accents. listen to it please but we like tried a british accent they're so terrible and honestly like it's yeah like i can't believe i did that and then just put it in the public for people to listen to it's so cringe at least we edited out that all the weird slurping noises we tried to do Remember that one? Like, we, we tried chai ch- ASMR, ASMR. <laughs> And we thought it would be hilarious, but it was just really gross while we were editing to listen back to the slurping noises, so we just deleted it. But we didn't do that for the terrible British accent that Izzo was forced to. So editing, like, let's talk about that, because I say this jokingly, but I also 100% mean it. My self-hatred is never higher than it is when I'm editing, because it's so hard to listen to yourself talk. And I know you always say you sound high-pitched, and I think I sound like a lumberjack when I'm editing. I'm just like, God, why is my voice so deep? It just, like, drives me through the wall. Editing is just like, like it's a chore that neither of us really enjoy. It's like nice. It's kind of like it's very like detailed work, but mm-hmm. it's just very time consuming. It's sad. I didn't realize how time consuming it would be. Yeah, like ten minutes takes like thirty minutes to edit. Like it's crazy. Honestly, sometimes I'll spend like maybe like fifteen minutes, and then when I actually look at the time frame that I've edited, it's like a forty-five second time frame that, I've ed- <laughs> and it drives you bonkers. But it's like that's what it takes. Yeah. Like. A single podcast, like we do two rounds of editing. So we take turns doing the initial processing and the first edit because that's always a heavier edit. And then we send it to the other person and then they do the final edit. That way both of us get a say and then we take turns doing the heavier edit. But that heavy edit, like how many hours do you think it takes between the two of us? Like like for me, it takes like maybe five, six hours. Yes, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how long it is. How much, how many tangents we went on, how many like sniffles we have that we're trying to cut out. Um, (laughs) You know, like, we all just have, like, chronic, like, runny noses. Like, the first couple episodes, we just recorded for a really long time because we had so much fun. And then when it came to edit, it would be, like, a nightmare. It'd be, like, an hour and a half or two hours. Awful. I think our sex episode was so long. It was so hard to edit. Since then, we made, like, an active effort to not record more than, like, an hour or 40 minutes. Especially with that two-week schedule we had in the beginning. Yeah. It was just... <laughs> I remember when I was talking to Dia about um, decreasing the schedule... Dia said that some of the people that were listening had reached out to her and be like, you guys should do like a podcast like every week. I was like, are we just quitting our full-time jobs then? Like, we're not making any money off of this. Like, like if somebody pays me, maybe. Yeah, sure. And even then I'd be like, I don't want to edit that much. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just takes a lot of work. But it's again, like one of those things like Dia just said, it is like, it's kind of satisfying because it it's is like, it's a labor like, of love. It's sure. a labor of love. It's very detail oriented. And it's like, it was, and for me, like, I don't know about Dia, you, because you're tech savvy and you work in this world already, but for me, it was like a new skill to learn. Oh, and I don't I f- know anything about sound yeah. editing. Before. You, what is a programmer? <laughs> what do you do again? Well, that's good. Well, I definitely don't do audio editing. That's not part of my job. Is that what you thought? That I just knew how I to just, do this? In my head, it's just like computer things. And that's just okay, like so things with a Z at the end. Just so it's clear for the podcast, is it thought that because I'm a software developer, I know everything about audio editing? I'm sorry, you don't. I'm confused. <laughs> you still need more than me, right? Like, I do jack all. Like, I don't even know where to start. So, it's, again, thank God it's there to pair up with you because this would not have lasted otherwise. Yeah, so editing has been kind of a nightmare. It's definitely like, yes, it's a labor of love, but it's also like the like the least fun part of yeah. the podcast. So if anyone wants to like take over for that for free. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Because we'll we pay you can... like giant love and I don't know, not money. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing to go around right now. 
So let's talk about <laughs> mental health. Like given the different experiences we've had, we've had pretty like different impacts on our mental health. How was it for you? Especially being in the center of it all. So yeah, I think um, I was just like very fearful all the time because I was worried I would give it to someone, like a patient or a baby or be, or be the source of, or be the cause of an outbreak at the hospital. And since being double vaccinated, that's been a huge relief where like, if I wake up feeling slightly off, I don't automatically assume that I have the novel coronavirus. <laughs> um, I'm just like, maybe I just needed an hour to settle out. And it's just been a source of like, huge amount of comfort and also just knowing that most of the people that i'm around also are double vaccinated um, or that the patients i'm interacting with like more and more people that are coming in are double vaccinated again because i got to keep my social circle and my job but like honestly i think i, I the pandemic wasn't as hard of an experience on me as it was on a lot of the world um i also just timing wise it worked out i fell into like my first like serious relationship right as this was really blowing up i don't know i was just enjoying like this really like, new wonderful part of my life in the middle of the world shutting down so I was kind of just like distracted and it was like kind of a weird way to kind of get to know someone because it just was like in this like really intense bubble of like mm-hmm. not really being able to do anything aside from like just getting to know each other and, and like kind of be in our own bubbles so I just think timing wise it just it worked out really nicely for me obviously I think I think I'm feeling more of an effect on my mental health now I'm just exhausted all the time i'm chronically exhausted i don't i have a very pessimistic outlook on life right now and the world to the point like i like was at work the other day and like we get our breakfast break at like 8 30 or something and i had just gotten my breakfast especially drinking my coffee and someone made a comment about like i don't know we're just talking the news was on like birth rates being down and next thing you know i'm like ranting about like well what yeah like the world's going to hell and (laughs) financial crisis and the smoke and i'm like of course people aren't having babies like yeah why should be the world's gonna blow up anyway (laughs) one of my coworkers was like maybe just drink your coffee is like like, yeah you just need just to take a second i'm definitely in a worse place mental health wise in the last two months than i was the entire pandemic oh wow yeah it's almost like the exhaustion of having to like having worked right through it in the middle of it there's also a lot of things going on in terms of like our government and healthcare that's like morale is really low right like when you're not stressing about the coronavirus you're yeah. stressing about the mismanagement yeah of, of my two options was working a pandemic or not have a job so it's like can we have a third option please because it's like right before the pandemic happened they were like we're gonna lay a bunch of nurses off and then never right. mind pandemic we're gonna hang on to you and then we were out of it quote again air quotes for uh, we were out of the pandemic for like five minutes and they're like we're gonna start cutting again and we're not gonna negotiate your contracts it just was like the feeling amongst healthcare workers is very much like we feel like we've been used and abused by the system and now as things are clearing up and again we're not in the clear 100% yet by any means like like if we're if we follow the pattern of everyone else in the world I don't want to talk about it so for those reasons like morale is really low at work and I spend a lot of time at work so it's hard being surrounded by that energy constantly and then I also feel like because the world's opening up suddenly I have all these social obligations that I'm not like equipped to keep up with anymore and I'm struggling to say no to people right especially if you haven't seen them in a while because it feels rude but also like like you kind of want to do it a little slowly yeah but it's hard to say no to people because they're just like people go around having their weddings But also just like other people are like, let's catch up. Let's talk about that for a second. Everyone's getting married. (laughs) And it's like, you can't.
can't not go to a wedding. But also there are like so many people and there's at just, these weddings. There's this like desire to, yeah, I want to go back to pretend this never happened and go back to my regular life. But this fear of like, is am I doing this too premature? Like, oh my God, if I yeah. wake up with a sore throat tomorrow, like what have I done? So there's, I don't even like talking about the policies around Corona anymore because I, I don't know what the answer is. Aside from get vaccinated. That I know is the answer. Get vaccinated people. If you take one thing away from this episode, get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. And do it twice. Do it twice. Honestly, it's just hard to like whip up energy to like do yeah. anything right now. Like I totally feel you about like the exhaustion, languishing or whatever. Like I feel that burnout. Like I think everybody's just affected by the negativity. And so you're just like, like we've seen a lot of bad things happen and we've seen a lot of mismanagement, a lot of people being like actively doing things that you know are hurting people, right? Yeah, like it's hard to like know where to turn to for that positivity because usually like you'll go to your friend or for support or whatever, mm-hmm. but like everywhere you turn, it's kind of mm-hmm. sa- the same. Have you read that book, All the Light We Cannot See? Yeah. Um, beautiful book. Um, but also, I was reading it maybe a few months back. And so I was, like, struggling with my mental health and, like, ah, oh, Corona's still a thing and the world's just shut down. But I just, reading that book was, like, no, like, as a species, we're very resilient and we have bounced back from some really, really ugly, horrific stuff. And we, as a society, will recover from this as well. That being said, my passive-aggressive comment on covid when i first started was kind of like this is the first time that western society has been touched by anything that's changed their lives like we as inhabitants of north america very much let our governments do things to other places right so you know like whether we're talking about the middle east or really if we're talking about any developing country or the countries that have suffered at the hands the decisions that our countries have made it's like we just we we live a very privileged life of like the problems Mm -hmm. happen over there so we see it on the news all the time but they're never our problems and this was the first time where we i feel like we were experiencing something universal together i think we almost maybe needed it like the rest of the world doesn't live the lives we live you know like when people were complaining about staying at home and like it's like you know like we have food and shelter and and like a functioning healthcare system you know problematic and it's doing its job yeah and i i mean i i hate saying that now because it's like so much time later and like I, i i recognize people are struggling and i am too and for like other people's struggles don't invalidate our struggles, right? Right. But at the same time, I, I was frustrated with people that were like, ugh, we have to, like, stay at home, and it, this is so horrible, because yeah. it was like, so much of the world lives in so much suffering every day, and this is the one little thing that's, like, right, rocked exactly. our world, and we can't handle it for, like, a few months. I, like, I work from home, and I recognize it as a privilege, mm-hmm. and so, like, I never feel like, I, like, I always feel terrible whenever I complain about it. Because it's a privilege. I, like, I, unlike, you know, my family members or, like, you, like, don't have to go out and, like, encounter potentially COVID every day, right? So, like, I'm really privileged in that situation that I'm not exposed to a lot of different people every day for work. And it's not a requirement of my job either. Like, I get a lot of flexibility in that. Like, I recognize that privilege a lot, especially when we look at, like, other countries and just, like, how terribly people are suffering. The pandemic has been not great in South Asia. And the impact has been much, much, much worse than we felt it here. Yeah, it doesn't invalidate our struggle, but, like, I think I've, you know, kind of realized throughout the pandemic just, like, who the snowflakes are. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who, yeah. who just, like, I can complain about it, but I'm not going to ever, it never occurred to me to, like, not work from home. If I can re- remove myself from the equation of the coronavirus mm-hmm. as a vector that could spread it to other mm-hmm. people. Or not wear a mask, you know? Or not wear a mask, yeah. exactly. Like, wearing a mask is, like, the least people can do, but it's, apparently it's a lot to ask for. Let's say this is a whole conspiracy. Worst comes to worst, you put a piece of cloth over your face. 
did it hurt you? No. But on the opposite end, it's like you could have actively and probably like, yeah, like this thing has lasted as long as it has because we just couldn't properly work together to fix it. And we just kind of kept making these half-assed attempts and we're still kind of doing it. Yeah. And like when you were talking about how like the whole world is going through it together, especially because of like the viral nature of the pandemic, like we have to work together as a world or it's Mm -hmm. not going to get contained. And that's what we saw, right? It Mm -hmm. didn't get contained. Mm -hmm. It got much, much worse Mm -hmm. repeatedly over different waves before it got a little bit better with the vaccinations. But and even that people are still fighting. Mm hmm. Like, and I think that's kind of where you realize a lot of the weakness of I got air quotes here, but like, you know, the Western world that we live in, because it's so individualistic that you mm-hmm. saw the faults that came about of people not doing the right thing just to help other people. And also just lack some serious perspective about how the rest of the world lives. Because it's like the kids in Syria are dealing with COVID too on top of everything else that they, right. their war-torn country the refugees from Jordan are you know? dealing with it too. And what do they have? Like, do they have any functioning yeah. healthcare system to support them if they're in need? Like, Obviously, the mental health consequences have been dire Huge. everywhere, and like we feel them a year later. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just kind of like tactless, kind of. Like just, it was disheartening to see. Yeah, like I've lost friendships in the pandemic because I realized how selfish people are, and they'll be selfish in the name of freedom. Like the conflation of selfishness and freedom in the Western mm-hmm. world, like makes me really sad. It's like, oh, I refuse to give up my freedoms, mm-hmm. even though it could hurt other people, mm-hmm. because I have a right to that, and mm-hmm. that logic is not what leads to a functioning society it's been disappointing i'd say there's been another turn where you kind of realize the people that it's only when you go through something tough together that you realize how strong the bond is how how united your values are it was a big test especially in terms of like these kinds of relationships whether it's family or friends like you kind of realize like are your values in the same place Mm -hmm. and in the end like i would say especially in terms of relationships loss and gain like it's for the better (sighs) this pandemic sucks what are we what are you looking forward to let's let let's have a moment of blind optimism <laughs> and say it's only gonna get better from here so whether that's two weeks from now or two years from now please let it be two weeks um <laughs> what are you looking, most looking forward to i'm kind of looking forward to because i feel like for the past year i've just been living in like maintenance mode for my life mm-hmm. i'm just doing the bare minimum i need to kind of get by and I haven't really been taking care that much of my mental health or my physical health, mm-hmm. let's be real. Especially with things like seeming a little more optimistic. Like I'm actually like finally like planning for the future and thinking of what I'm going to do next and where I'm going to go or what like future steps for my career or my life. And so like last week I bought a little agenda. <laughs> yes, I love a good agenda. <laughs> right? I bought this planner and I was like, I was like, I was like putting stuff in it and I was like, it has a whole year and I was like, what am I going to do this year? And I like finally said, and I never did that for 2020 and 2020 was just like a mess. And I didn't do it for 2021 either. Cause I was like, I don't know what the world's going to be mm-hmm. like. And now I'm like, I don't know what the world's going to be like, but it's going to be better yeah. a year from now. And That's I feel that deep in my heart. So I just like finally have that like energy to like plan and think about like what I want my life to look like instead of just doing the bare minimum to just kind of get by and survival like, actually, mode. Yeah, and yeah. like actually take care of like, you know, kind of the damage that's happened in the past year where mm-hmm. I've like built bad habits, mm-hmm. like lost good habits or like habits that I want to fix and also like keep up with the lucky cool things that came out of it, right? Like this podcast mm-hmm. and going on with that. So again, nothing really specific, but I'm just like excited to have a plan for my life or like goals and like kind of get back to the, you know, the path I'd kind of imagined maybe two years ago that I'd kind of it's been a bit of a what is it a windy road (laughs) what about you i think like we've already kind of started doing this like for example last night i went out with three of my friends to celebrate one of my friends getting engaged slash it was her birthday 
we, we just kept cheersing. Like, I think we were just really taking in the fact that we were here and we were hanging out, we were celebrating. We just have a fresher or a greater appreciation for those moments of like just getting together to celebrate, whether it's for a bridal shower or a baby shower or a promotion or just the gathering aspect. We just took it for granted. Yeah. Um, I, I just have a fresh perspective of how important it is to us as a species because we are a social species. Yeah, I totally underestimated how much energy I get from like meeting people I love. Yeah, like, or even just like... I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I'm not out, like, licking doorknobs and, like, making out with strangers. But, like, last night, like, I had a few conversations with a few strangers, whether it was, like, my server or this, like, guy walking by the street that saw me and, like, my friend trying to take a photo. And we just exchanged a few words, like, what are you up to? And it just was so nice to, like, just talk to strangers, like, like yeah. without being like, oh, my God, like, no, don't, oh, you're standing too close, you know? And, like, go, immediately going to fear mode. Or, like, giving the stink guy because they, like, their yeah. nose is coming out yeah. of their mask. It just was a normal interaction where, and it wasn't about, you know, how far away he was standing from me and, or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I guess just, like, normal human interaction again. I, I'm just, I have a new appreciation for it. And what a blessing it is that we get to come together to be joyful and to eat and drink and be merry yeah, yeah. i really like I, I i consider myself like i really like me time like i spend a lot of time by myself mm-hmm. but like the past year i've had a bit enough you've had myself. a lot of me time <laughs> i'm like i had a bit too much me time and now i don't know what to do with myself so i'm just glad to like to have that option to like choose to be solitary instead of having to be solitary yes <laughs> when we first locked down like that initial lockdown where like no more indoor gatherings I was, like, sitting there crying because I was, like, I didn't read the part where they said that people that live alone can have two close contacts. And I was, like, I guess I'll just die in this apartment, I guess. With two cats. And then someone was, like, can you please relax? You you can have two contacts. I was, like, oh, my God, thank God. But it just was such a lonely, scary idea to just, like, even despite the fact that I was going to work and seeing people. But I was, like, I have to be alone with my thoughts all the time. I don't want to do that enough of my thoughts i'm ready to just go out and just be in the sun more and be around people so the pandemic is not necessarily over mm-hmm. but i think we're moving in the right direction hopefully yeah, we're moving in a direction and that is forward because there's nowhere else to go really yeah but yeah i think there's like clearly we foresee the more bumps in the road but i think there's a lot to look forward to mm-hmm. and if you listen to the podcast, there'll be a lot to look forward to from us. Nice plug, Dia. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> that, was, that was smooth as fuck. <laughs> we do. We have some good projects coming up, and we're gonna. We're trying to be more interactive. We're trying to grow our platform, um, and we're gonna keep hopefully putting out stuff that you enjoy listening to. We're excited to make a lot of cool, different new episodes with lots of thought and like hopefully more interviews and more interactions with you guys and maybe a Q&A and you know like maybe take some requests for what kinds Mm -hmm. of episodes people want yeah and there's a lot to look forward to so let's just look to the future of dear brown girls and also more chai more hanging out Mm -hmm. and hey we might even give chai asmr another go dia's looking at me like maybe there's like a special way that mukbang or like asmr people do it